Today's message comes from the book of 1 Thessalonians in chapter number 2. And we're going to be reading seven verses from this chapter. And then we'll be looking at a few other verses. But I want to talk to you today about a very important subject that I believe will help you personally in your life, help you in your mind, in your emotions, in your relationships. And the subject or the topic I want to talk to you today is about the word privilege. And I'll define that word for you and talk about it as we get into the message. But let's read some verses to begin with. It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1, For yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain. But even after that we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as you know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. So Paul is talking to the church at Thessalonica. Now this is a church in the area, you could say like the region of Macedonia. It was a city that was close to the city of Philippi. And Paul talks about the fact that when he was at Philippi, he was shamefully treated. To be specific, they were arrested because they were preaching in Jesus' name. They were arrested, they were beaten, they were jailed for the preaching of the gospel. And then he comes to Thessalonica and he also gives them the gospel with boldness. And he says in verse number 3, For our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile. Now what's he saying? When he talks about exhortation, he's saying what he spoke to them. He said, we didn't come to you to minister you in order to deceive you. We didn't come to you in a bad way. We didn't come to you with wrong intentions. We had the proper motivation. And in verse number 4, But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. Now the phrase that I want to bring to your attention in this verse is the text phrase for our message today. And it says, but as we were allowed of God. The word allowed means to be approved. If my child comes to me and says, Dad, can I ride my bike in the street in front of the house? He is seeking approval. And so when I say, yes, you are allowed, you may do it, I am approving his riding the bike in the street. I am giving him a privilege. So the idea here of being allowed of God is the idea that God has approved of us. In this case, he's approved of the Apostle Paul. He's put the Apostle Paul in trust of the gospel. He chose Paul as a special chosen vessel to be used of God as an apostle to the Gentiles. 
I have been allowed of God to preach in this capacity, to preach to you on Television 3. And God has given us the resources to be able to do this. He has approved us. He has given us this privilege. I have been given a right or a benefit or an advantage. All of these words are synonyms. They mean the same thing. If someone's been approved, they've been given a privilege. If someone's given a privilege, they have an advantage or they have a right. They have a benefit. In verse number 5 it says, For neither at any time used we flattering words, as ye know, nor a cloak of covetousness, God is witness. Nor of men sought we glory, neither of you nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. What Paul is saying here is, look, God chose me. He gave me the privilege of being trusted with the gospel. And so I came to you with the gospel and as I came to you, I did not misuse my privilege. I did not come to you with flattering words. I didn't come to you to tell you what you wanted to hear so that I could get from you what I wanted. But I came to you to tell you what God wanted you to hear, whether you like it or not. He said, we didn't come to you seeking our own glory. We didn't come to you to build our reputation or to make ourselves wealthy or rich. He says we were gentle among you. So this, this, this text is teaching us that Paul had been given an advantage, a privilege, a right. And that was to represent God in the preaching of the gospel. And the scriptures make it very clear here that he was responsible with what he did with his privilege. He did not use it unlawfully. He did not use it to his advantage, but he used it to bring glory to God. Now I want to read to you a verse from Luke chapter 12. This is a verse that I think many Christians are familiar with. The Bible says in Luke chapter 12 verse 48, But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given... Of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much of, them, of him, they will ask the more. Notice the phrase there. Of him shall be much required. If you have been given much, then much is required of you. So what is this? It's a privilege. That's what a privilege is. A privilege is when someone has given you an advantage. They've, been, they've given you something you can do. And God is teaching here that with a privilege comes a responsibility. To whom much is granted, much is required. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, the Bible says this, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. A steward is someone who manages the property or the resources of someone else. 
If you manage a store, you're not the owner, but you are hired by the owner to manage that store, then you are a steward. And we as human beings are stewards of what God has given us. We're stewards of the body God has given us. We are responsible for the things and the privileges that God has given us. And we need to be found faithful. So the idea I'm wanting to get you to understand today is the idea of a privilege is the idea that you have been given something of value. You've been given an advantage, a right, uh, an opportunity. And those things come with responsibility. Much has been spoken of privileges throughout time. Some complain about the fact that others are more privileged than they are. If you take a family, you may have one child who says, oh, my, my, my brother has more privileges than me. Uh, if you take a company where many employees work, you will find that one employee is saying about another employee, oh, he has more privileges than I do. Some people are very proud of the privileges that they have received and they, they glory in it. They're happy about it. They brag about it. Maybe they, uh, in a bad way, brag about the privileges they've been given. Some people take advantage of the privileges they've been given. Some people abuse the privileges that they've been given. For example, a boss uh, that does not work or abuses his servants. In other words, what I mean is someone who has been privileged to have resources and they hire others to work for them, but they never work themselves. I don't think that's what God had in mind. Or someone who's been given resources and they hire people and they treat them awfully. Maybe they beat them or they, they, don't, they don't pay them well or, or they verbally abuse them. But we as human beings are all guilty of taking advantage and abusing privileges at one time in our life. Or we're guilty of, about complaining that we don't have privileges that someone else has. I want to talk to you in today's sermon about this idea of privileges. I want to give you some truths that can help you to live a more joyful, happy, and peaceful life concerning this idea of being privileged. So I'm just going to give you some, <clears throat> I'm going to give you a truth and I'm going to explain it. And I've got seven different truths I'm going to give you today. And so I would encourage you, if you have a piece of paper, maybe you want to write these down. Uh, or maybe you could go to our YouTube channel. Eventually we'll put this sermon up and you can watch the sermon several times. But the, but. Here's my first point today. Not everyone has the same privileges. We need to realize that the idea of going through life and everyone having the same advantages, the same resources, 
the same abilities. That's just not reality. It has never happened, and it never will happen. And when you live in a world where you think that's your goal, you're going to always be sadly disappointed because that's never going to happen. Because that's not the world God set up. God did not set up a world where everyone experiences the same privileges. God made man and a woman. He made a man uniquely. He made a woman uniquely. He gave them each different roles. He gave them each different privileges. And so when the woman starts wanting to have the privileges of the man, she's never going to be fulfilled and happy. When the man wants to have the privileges of the woman, he's never going to be fulfilled in his life. God did not set up a world where everyone is supposed to have the same privileges. And when we embrace that and understand it, we can be a lot happier as people. I'll give you this illustration. I'm an American. Most of you watching this program are Ghanaian. Others of you, maybe you're watching this in Nigeria or America or some other place. But we don't all have the same privileges. As an American, I have privileges that Ghanaians don't have. As a, uh, as a non-Ghanaian, Ghanaians have privileges I don't have. Ghanaians have the privilege to vote in Ghana. I, can't, I don't have that privilege. Ghanaians can travel throughout West Africa without a visa. I don't have that privilege. As an American, I have had many privileges that people in Ghana have never had and never will have. And I won't go into those privileges, but I think you can understand that when you come from two different countries, it means you're privileged differently. That's just life. It's reality. Imagine a life where everyone had the same rights, the same opportunities, or the same benefits. It would not work, and it would never work. Equal privileges is neither realistic nor is it desirable because the things you love so much and the little things that you appreciate so much that are special to you, none of them would be special to you if everybody had those privileges. If everyone had the same privilege, then there would be, in many cases, no privilege. I hope that makes sense to you. But not everyone has the same privileges. That's our first truth for the day. Truth number two, not everyone sees opportunities the same. Some people have privileges and they just don't recognize. They don't take advantage of it. For example, if you're breathing, you have a privilege to pray. You have the privilege to serve God. You can trust Jesus as your Savior, and you can have access to pray to the God the Father, the God the Father. You can have the opportunity to serve the God of this universe. But see, many people have those privileges, but they don't recognize them, they don't take advantage of them, they just spend their life complaining about what somebody else has that they don't have and neglect the wonderful privileges that they could participate in. So not everyone sees opportunities the same. 
To many people, work is not a privilege, but to others it is. When you see work as something you have to do and that you should spend your life trying to get out of, trying to avoid, you're missing out on one of the greatest privileges that a human can participate in. It's a privilege to work. It's a privilege to work for God. And so that's one way that people don't see privileges the same. Number three, the third truth. What is a privilege to one is not to another. So what someone sees as a privilege, someone else does not see as a privilege. For example, a Muslim considers being a Muslim a privilege. A Christian, I would not consider being a Muslim a privilege because I'm a Christian. I believe that if you don't trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you go to hell. That's what the Bible teaches. So not everybody sees privileges the same way. What someone sees as a privilege, another does not. Truth number four. What you do with your privilege is more important than the privilege itself. Especially as a believer, this is true. God will reward you according to, uh, or I should say, God will not reward you according to your privilege. Um, he rewards us according to what we do with our privileges. God doesn't give everyone the same opportunity. God rewards us based on the opportunities we've been given. So when I get to heaven, I'm not going to lose reward because I didn't have the same privileges someone else had. I'm going to lose reward when I didn't take advantage of the privileges I was given, when I didn't work and use the things God did privilege me with. We don't need the same opportunities in order to earn a reward with God. So we don't need to be jealous and envious of what others have been given to do. I'm the pastor of my church. There's only one senior pastor in my church. No one needs to be envious of that or jealous of that. There are plenty of opportunities to serve God. Everyone in the church is privileged by God in some way, shape, or form. And it's our job to recognize our privileges, use them, and God will reward us for it. Take advantage of your privileges. Number five, every person would consider their work and effort vain, worthless, if the privileges they had worked to keep and earn were not passed on to the next generation. In other words, if you work hard and you build up your business or you build up your career and you save your money and you do the right things and at the end of your life you are not able to pass those privileges on to your family, you would, you would be angry. You would be mad. You would say that's not fair. And it's not. If we had this idea that everybody should be privileged the same, life would not work. It wouldn't make any sense. Because people would not work hard because they would see their effort as vain. 
if they could not pass on their privileges and their work to their children. I hope that makes sense to you. But we would complain if our privileges, the benefits of what we've done with our privileges, did not pass on to the people that we love. Once we try to deny others privilege, we are in turn making the argument to deny our own privilege. In other words, when I say, I don't want other people to have a privilege, I don't want other people to have an advantage, I'm denying myself that same advantage. You look at the man who's worked hard and he has some privileges. If, if, If you say, oh, and you try to tra- take his benefits away from him, you're denying yourself that same privilege. Because listen, once you start wanting everybody to have the same advantages and privilege, you deny your opportunities. Look, there are people all over Ghana that have worked hard. They have things. And many of those people have those privileges. They have that car you desire. They have that house you desire. They have that family that you desire. Because they worked hard. And for no other reason. And so we cannot allow ourselves to go through life with this attitude that everybody should have the same. Everybody should experience the same privileges. Life doesn't work that way. Number six. Some privileges are not desirable. The Bible tells us in the book of Philippians, and I don't have time today for us to look in the verses, but if we were to look in verses chapter 3 of Philippians, verses 4 through 8, we would see Paul talking about his privileges. Paul was talking about the fact that he used to be a Hebrew leader. He was a Pharisee. He had the best of educations. This guy was the in crowd. He was... um, one of the core leaders of the Jewish religion. He had education, he had money, he had opportunities, he had privilege. And the Bible says that he counted all of that but loss that he may win Christ. He gave up all of those privileges that he may seek after the will of God and serve him. So what I want you to understand today is not every privilege that somebody has is something you should desire. Don't look at rich people and say, oh, I want their riches. Look at people who work hard and say, I want to work like them, but don't desire the actual things they have because sometimes it's not worth it. I don't want my kids to have the riches of every other American. I want my kids to learn the value of working, the value of earning what they get. I want them to learn the value of the fact that there are things in life more precious than clothes and cars and houses and fame. Some opportunities 
are not desirable. Some privileges are not desirable. The, the filthy rich of this world, the entertainers of this world, the actors of this world, the singers of this world, those people have many privileges. Boy, they, they fly around on, on fancy jets and they fly around. They have fancy cars and fancy houses and swimming pools and all. They have lots of privileges, but I don't want those privileges because I want to spend my life serving the Lord Jesus Christ so that when I get to heaven, I'll be rewarded. I don't want to fly around on a jet all the time while I'm on this earth and get to heaven and not have anything to show for my life. Point number seven. Many privileges require work, effort, and dedication to keep them. Privileges must be used. Privileges must be developed. Privileges can be wasted and loss. You need, I need to recognize our privileges. We need to recognize our advantages. We need to recognize the blessings, the opportunities that God has put in our path and we need to work to get all we can out of them. I am a child of the King. I'm privileged. As a child of the king, I have privileges that every unsaved person on this earth does not have. And unless they get saved, they will never have. There's nothing wrong with being privileged. What's wrong is giving your life to gain the wrong privileges. And what's wrong is not taking advantage of the privileges that God has given you. If you're not born again, if you don't know that for sure you'll go to heaven, please contact us. We'd like to help you. God bless you for tuning in to the Fundamental Hour. We'll see you next week.